Blog Talk Radio. You boys better hold on because I'm going to have to stand on it. Tradition comes alive. And Earnhardt will win his second Southern 500. 70 years of racing at the track too tough to tame. His sixth victory at the Darlington Raceway in South Carolina. Jeff Gordon will win. Come celebrate the 90s with us at Darlington Raceway on Labor Day weekend. To purchase tickets, call 866-459-RACE or visit DarlingtonRaceway.com. South Carolina, just right. This is NASCAR driver Brad Keselowski, and you're listening to the Pit Stop Radio. from Duggan Nation, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I want to apologize for that little scritchy scratch here. I don't know what it was. I don't know if you heard it, but I heard it on my side. Stephen, did, did you hear it? No, I didn't hear it. Yeah, okay. Uh, I must have done something wrong to the Clintons or either the Russians hacked me. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, brother, how are you doing this <laughs> to me? Um, I'm making it through. I'm trying to get my stuff together and Ready to go this weekend uh, at uh, Darlington Raceway. Exactly, brother. It's the annual NASCAR throwback. Uh, we had not met one in a while. And to let our listeners know, the number to call in is 215-383-3681. Again, I'm Tim Spain alongside SpeedwayDigest.com's Mr. Stephen Wilson. He's right outside of Richmond Raceway there. And we are headed this weekend to the track they call Too Tough to, Paint, Too Tough to Tame. And come up here in about five minutes. We're going to have... Uh, Track president there at Darlington, our good friend Mr. Kerry Thorpe. 
Stephen. I heard his, his interviews this morning on Sirius XM with Bagley and Pistoni, and he's really excited about this weekend. And, Stephen, it's something about Darlington, something about this throwback. It's like you and I talk about every time we go to that track, there's nothing elaborate about it. Uh, it's it's not your Daytona or your Talladega or your souped-up tracks. It's Darlington. And I'm glad Kerry and the Bunks are keeping it Darlington because it's sort of like going back in time. Stephen. I think I've mentioned that statement umpteen hundred times. But Darlington Raceway is a place. It's hallowed ground. There are so many legends, so much history there at Darlington Raceway. We could keep Kerry Tharp on the whole time, but he has another he has another radio call in at 7.30 Eastern time. So we got him for about 20, 15, 20 minutes or so like that. But, Stephen, just let our listeners know there's nothing like going to Darlington Raceway, especially for this throwback deal. No, it's really not. And I guess, you know, the only other thing that I could think of that's even similar to it is going to Martinsville Speedway. Both these tracks are just really just, really, just no frills whatsoever. It's just a racetrack. You 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 take it or you leave it. Um, they don't try and make it spectacular. They're not dumping hundreds of millions of dollars into modern uh, amenities and uh, solar panel farms and some of the things that other tracks have done. It's just Darlington. They it, they keep it as a living history piece to the sport, and I think that's exactly why Darlington is so special. And the Southern 500 that this year will be the 70th running of that race. Um, it was built in 1950, and um, for people that have never been there, it's kind of more of an egg egg shaped track because of the minnow pond. And I, you know, over the years, it's it's just become something that. We've seen NASCAR fans; uh, they they were immensely irritated when the when the when the uh, Labor Day race moved out to California, then it moved to Atlanta, and then five years ago, this thing just all kind of came back together. Where NASCAR, the track, Atlanta, and everybody um, agreed that they were going to move the Southern 500 back to where it belongs on Labor Day weekend, and in doing so. They started something new, which is this throwback deal, which all the teams, all the drivers, everybody really gets into, and we get to go back in time uh, to see how some of the paint schemes and some of the some of the uh, personalities that made this sport over the years. Exactly, Sam. And like I said, there's there's nothing like it. Uh, a lot of our race car drivers, you know. Some of the big races, you got your your Daytona 500. That's up there on 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 top of everything. You got your Coke 600. Then you got uh, the Indianapolis, the Brickyard 400 in Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And then you got the Bojangles Southern 500. It's a long race, Stephen. It starts in the twilight hours with the sun up. Then then we go into the night and we bring on the lights. And that track eats up some tires, brother. That's what I want to talk to Kerry about. With all the sand and stuff there, Dalton Raceway is a tire grader. Yeah, yeah, it is. And, I mean, these these teams have um, something like 12 or 13 sets that they're going to go through just because of this track. Really, it, you're right, it's just like sandpaper. It eats these tires up. You can tell the drivers that are having problems, even just, you know, five or eight or even ten laps into a run. And this is um, something that we continue to see. And I'm glad, you know, in all the years that they could have that they could have gone through, they could have. This is Carrie. Hello. Hey, Carrie. This, hey, Carrie. This is Tim and Stephen. How you doing, brother? Hello. Who's this? Hey, Carrie. It's Tim Despain and Stephen Wilson, the Pit Stop Radio. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing good. I actually meant to place you into the uh, into the call screen there with Suzanne and and let Suzanne bring you on, but somehow. Uh, Hang on, you know give, give me about. Boys. Yeah, I need you to call me back in about three minutes. All right, I'll call you back okay. in three minutes, Gary. Thanks. All right, brother. All right, bye. Carrie Thorpe there, Stephen. Uh, I accidentally called him. Put him out. I tried to put that over there in the screening room with Suzanne, but you know how those folks here in Talladega are. We can't. Uh, 
we do good enough to uh, run a mouse on a computer. But <laughs> anyway, go ahead and finish your uh, your statement there, and, and we'll and we'll call Kerry back, Steve. I think Stephen might have dropped. Stephen, are you still there, brother? Yeah, I'm sorry. I I put you on on mute for a second there. But, yeah, I was agreeing with you on the fact that the track surface is just like sandpaper, and it really just eats these tires up. And it's just something that, you know, NASCAR and Darlington Raceway and ISC could have looked at this, and they could have said, well, we were going to change it to a different type of pavement, something that has polymers into it and something that could potentially not chew the tires up. But I think that takes away a little bit from Darlington Raceway and how that race is run. Um, the heat of the track, the, the tires uh, having grip problems, running up against the wall, and then there's the track surface itself, um, you know, all play into how the Southern 500 has really just got its name over the years. And also, Stephen, you mentioned the Minter Pond there. And, you know, I think it's back in 1950 or something like that, there was the guy that actually rented that uh, farm place there to actually put on some of these races and stuff. The guy that owned the Minter Pond there didn't want the track to take that up. And the actual Minter Pond is still there, correct, Stephen? It's out of... uh, Oh gosh, you know, since they flipped the track, they went from uh, one and two to three and four, and they swapped it. It's a uh, it's out of turn two, isn't it correct? Or turn one? Uh, 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 no, it's um, I'm I'm trying to think. Yeah, I, I'm trying to think. I I can't remember off the top of my head, but yes, the middle pond is actually still there. Stephen, just to talk a little bit about uh. Uh, NASCAR and Darlington Raceway back in the day, they they wanted to uh, which the back stretch now used to be the front stretch, like I just mentioned, and they uh, swapped it around. They wanted to do something special for the fans, that so they built that awning, that metal awning, over the grandstands there, which is now coming out of turn two, coming into turn three toward us at the press box, and they built that awning to sort of keep the heat off the fans and keep the rain and all that, but they didn't realize just how big a nuisance that was going to be. When them cars come through there and that roof and that tin building there, I bet you it sounded like 14,000 wrecks coming through there. I mean, it was loud because here at at Talladega, we had the same deal. And when you sit up under that awning, when that freight train comes through there, I mean, it it was deafening. But they, they did, you know, go ahead and tear that back out and put everything back on the front stretch and all that there. But, uh, just talk a little bit about Steve. I know you've been around the sport a long time. I'll tell you a little bit about myself. Uh, my first race I went to in 1993 here at Talladega Super Speedway. You've been going to a lot of a lot of Darlington races. Like you mentioned, they moved it out west, and they come back to Atlanta for the Labor Day weekend stuff. But we finally got it back there in Darlington there with Kerry Tharp and Dennis and his and his bunch there. What is one of your most memorable times there at Darlington Raceway? I, I, I know it's probably going to be hard to pinpoint because there's so much history and so much stuff that happens there. Um, well, this will this will be my eighth Southern 500 that I've gone to, and I think the first time that I went there was um, probably the most memorable because I had never been there before. I had been to Charlotte and Daytona and you know, Homestead, Martinsville, Richmond. Um, you know, I had been to a variety of other tracks, but I've always had missed you know, going to Darlington, and that was kind of my first experiences in just, you know, the history of the sport is just kind of flashback again, where we were talking about in a minute, a minute ago, it's just how much of a flashback of the history of the sport, and that's really what I feel is something lacking at these other racetracks, and I wish they would, you know, kind of take that concept and do that, take that, take the history of the sport, and do something at other tracks, and I know Martinsville and, and Richmond have done the same, and in Daytona, but it, just walking into the place, it's like, I guess, you know, walking into Yankee Stadium, or, you know, walking into, you know, Lambeau Field, or, you know, whatever it is, and other sports, and that's just kind of, you're just kind of in awe of the place first, and then the history that, you know, that has gone on there over the past 70 or so years, and, 
know, it's just something that just kind of all pulls itself together, and I think that was my most memorable memory, is just going there for the first time and just being there. And not only that, but, you know, for for what most people may not know, but the press box is there in uh, turn three, and it's on the third floor uh, of the metal buildings that is there. And one of the things that when those cars rocket through there, 40 cars deep, that whole tower sways underneath your feet just a little bit. So, me and I don't like heights, so, you know, it kind of creeped me out just a little bit the first time that ever happened. Oh, and then, and then yeah. you know, the other thing is, is that what, and then when they hit the, when they hit the wall there and run the wall all the way through three and four and get that Darlington strike, you can feel that impact. So that impact is really neat. It's kind of a neat feeling to that these cars can hit the wall that hard uh, and shake the press box and shake the entire building, but continue going and compete for 500 miles at Darlington. Exactly, and I hope the press box is still there. That's a secret joke, listeners. I will go no further than that. I hope. I hope. I hope the press box at Darlington is still there. I was told one time that it wasn't there. But yes, Stephen, talk about that. You know, we have to come. And I'm you. You're. I know you're terrified of a hike. But the way we get our food, we're over to the left of the suites from where the elevator is. And like you said, you got them steps we have to walk over to. They've got an old crank elevator. And I want to ask Carrie about that. The old crank elevator. They crank our food court up through an outside hand crank elevator to where we get our stuff in the press box. That's still pretty neat too, bro. Yeah, and the only, the only other one that I've seen like that um, is at Martinsville back in the day was they had something similar to that. And there's one on the back stretch of, of the old North Wilkesboro Speedway. It's exactly the same. It's got a little crank system into it. It takes it up uh, to the sweeps. That's neat. Let's see if we can dial up President there at uh, Don't Race by Mr. Kerry Thorpe. Uh, I put him over in the place guest in the screening room. Maybe that'll go over there instead of dialing to us, Stephen. Maybe we can get Kerry on here. Just dialing over. Uh, let's see, Suzanne's probably got him out. So we're probably going to have Kerry Thorpe here in just a minute. Jay, you bring up another another point there. Wilkesboro Speedway, North Wilkesboro Speedway. Uh, you and I talk about that all the time. You're a big uh, supporter of that track and you know we can talk a whole show about that about um like i said you know you mentioned the hand crank deal there at uh wiltsboro and Stephen, we're going to darlington raceway this weekend and it's going to be our uh correct me if i'm wrong has it been five years since we've done this throwback deal and i can't remember how long it's been since kerry tharp come from nascar over to uh, drive the helm there at Darlington Raceway. Has it been five years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This has been five years that they've um, been doing this there since they've moved it back to the Labor Day weekend. Yeah. Are you are you still there, Stephen? I think I, I got some bad weather coming, Stephen. I want to let you know just in case this bad weather gets here. Okay, I got you, Steve. Yeah, yeah uh, just want to let you know. Uh, you know, okay, just want to let you know. I got some bad weather coming out of Birmingham. We got some severe thunderstorm warnings and all that. But let's go ahead and bring on President of Darlington Raceway, our good friend, Mr. Kerry Tharp, in the pit stop with Tim Spain and Stephen Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. I'm doing good. How you doing? I'm doing good, brother. Sounds like you've been a busy man, hey. Oh my goodness. Busier than a one arm paper hanger. That's exactly right. <laughs> Just like Suzanne say, wide open is a yellow handle case pocket knife, ain't you, brother? <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Yeah, we're we're doing Carry well on, though, Tim. Uh 
we're we're excited about the weekend. That's for sure. Steve and I are too. Uh, we're both. We're we're all headed up Friday. We're we're coming your way. Can't wait for this big throwback weekend. Kerry, I know your time is limited. I want to ask you a couple of questions, and then I'll throw you over to Stephen, and we'll let you jump out of here because I know you got a, I know you got a prior uh, engagement coming up here, here in ten minutes. But Kerry, talk a little right. bit about uh, this this Darlington Raceway, this throwback weekend. You've uh, you've went from college athletics to NASCAR, and from NASCAR mm-hmm. to being the man at, at one of the most popular tracks <laughs> in NASCAR. How does that feel to you? Doing this throwback weekend there at Dalton Raceway, brother, it's awesome. Well, I tell you, Tim, it, it's it's overwhelming sometimes, but it's also an honor. Uh, it is truly an honor to be able to uh, be at this racetrack and implement this throwback platform that we have. And uh, it's it's been, you know, uh, almost like a dream for me because I've been living in the state of South Carolina for, uh, you know, since 1985. And then uh, to, to have the opportunity to, to lead one of the most iconic racetracks, one of the most iconic sports venues in all of the country is, is just, you know, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. I, I absolutely love it. And uh, I'm so, so thrilled that I'm able to do it. And uh, it means the world to me. And uh, I, every, every year gets better. And I just look forward to it, uh, you know, each year, every more. Gary, I want to give kudos out to you and your team, especially Dennis born there. Uh, Dennis is a good friend of mine, also. Mm-hmm. But talk a little bit about uh, talk a little bit about the the surface there at uh, Dalton Raceway. The sand, the grit, the grind beats up some tires, and a lot of a lot of drivers, you know, they run that high line. They get that Dalton stripe. But a lot of our listeners don't. They watch it on TV, but Gary, they need to come visit you and Dalton Raceway to see exactly how it is. It's freaks off. You got to be a wheel man to get your ass around that racetrack, can you, brother? Boy, you really do. You know, it's 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 called the track too tough to tame, and there's a reason for it. And and it certainly is hard on tires. That hot uh, South Carolina sun beats on that racetrack uh, for probably nine nine months a year, and uh, uh, it's 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 no easy chore uh, for folks to get around that track. And you're right, tire wear is an issue here. Uh, or can plays into the strategy, that's for sure. And so, uh, for somebody to get around this racetrack, it's uh, it's no easy chore. It's an all-day deal, and um, I think that's what makes it so special. Yes, sir. Amen, Kerry. And Kerry, just talk a little about the facilities there. Uh, like Steve and I, we were talking before you came on. It's sort of like going back in time. Uh, you know, you don't have the big amenities, the big souped-up stuff like Daytona does. Our new fifty million dollar transformation here at Talladega, all this souped up nice stuff, but you don't need that. You don't need that, Kerry. It's like going back in time. I want y'all to leave that track just like it is, because I mean it's freaking <laughs> awesome, Kerry. Well, you know, I, I like to tell people that we're like the Wrigley Field of NASCAR. I tell them, you know, we're not the fanciest place. We're not the the most uh, modern place. We don't have all the suites and all the bells and whistles, but we do have. Uh, the the uh, 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 iconic tradition that uh, that Darlington Raceway has and stands for, and the, and the fans love that. I mean, they absolutely eat it up. And uh, I mean, each and every year, it gets bigger and better. And uh, I think this year is going to be the biggest one we've had yet, guys. I mean, our, our, our ticket sales are really trending well, and uh, there's a lot of excitement. I think the racing. And the series right now has been exceptional. And I think our racing here this weekend at Darlington is going to be really, really cool. That's right. And, Kerry, my final question before I hand you over to Stephen Wilson, speedwaydigest.com. You're doing the uh, 90 throwback. And uh, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I think one of my most favorite paint schemes coming into this weekend there at the, at the Bojangles Southern 500 is probably that number 24 of – William Byron. That city Chevrolet brings back memories back when I used to watch Days of Thunder. That's an awesome paint scheme. But here, what up? Like I said, I don't want to put you on the spot, but what do you think your best paint, the best paint scheme coming into this weekend at the Bojangles Southern 500? Well, you know, Tim, that has to be one of my favorites. I think it's really, really cool that they went back and, and threw it back to the to that movie. <clears throat> Excuse me. A lot of that movie was filmed here in Darlington. 
And so for them to do that, City Chevrolet, uh, I thought it was great. I really like the throwback scheme that uh, Bubba Wallace has uh, with the uh, tribute to Adam Petty. That Victory Junction throwback, I think, is exceptional. And certainly, uh, you know, kind of plays on your emotions. Um, So those two probably stand out. You know, there's some other ones that are really, really cool as well. But, uh, you know, I think those two right now, in my mind, the 24 and the 43 are are exceptional. I agree, Kerry. And, again, Kerry, thank you for everything that you've done for myself to help me get where I am. And thank you for everything that you and Darwin Raceway does for the sport. And uh, I'm going to hand you over to Stephen Wilson, SpeedwayDigest.com. We'll see you Friday, brother. Thanks for letting us come up there and enjoy that, this super weekend and cover the sport here. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Tim. Look forward to seeing you and Suzanne, and you all drive safe. Thanks, brother. Steve? Okay, appreciate you taking the time to come on here. <clears throat> this will be my you bet, man. 500. <laughs> this will be my E seven five hundred that I've been yes, to. Yes, sir. Oh, over the years, we we've seen Darlington Raceway transition, and in, in the last five years, we've we've been throwing it back. And every every year, it's a different era. Mm-hmm. But from your perspective and your point of view, you're new to Darlington Raceway, but you're not new to the sport. What do you think is the one story? that you would like to be told about Darlington Raceway and your legacy of Darlington Raceway? Well, I'll tell you what, uh, this is hallowed grounds. I'm honored to be the track president. It means a lot to me. A guy by the name of Jim Hunter was president here for a long time, and he was my mentor when I was working for NASCAR. And I owe a lot to him. And so if I could just be half the track president that he was, then I would consider myself a success. And so I do everything I can to to make this facility, you know, shine each and every day. Uh, We have a small team, probably the smallest team on all of NASCAR tracks. We work extremely hard. We have a lot of fun. We're almost like a family. Well, we are family. And so I just want to make sure that the folks that come to our track, when they get here, from the time they get here to the time they leave, that they feel welcome that they feel uh, safe, and that they say to themselves when they leave, I can't wait to get back next year. I know your time is limited, so I'm just going to um, shoot you one more question here. Um, you know, there was an article that was just posted just in the last day or two, uh, and you guys are already thinking not only just next year but into the next decade here of races for the Southern 500. Just tell everybody just what kind of planning goes into this as you guys begin to craft your 2020 and beyond schedule for this throwback deal that you're doing at Darlington. Well, you know, there's a lot of planning that goes into it. Uh, We actually start planning our event usually in in October or November of the year before. And, uh, you know, it takes a lot of, a lot of time, a lot of resources, a lot of creative thinking. we got a great team here, like I said, that uh, works extremely hard on getting this thing done. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's a, you know, a situation where we sit down usually in October, probably in November, and think about next year's race, get it planned out. And then we start going out and talking to the teams and talking to the other folks in the industry and making sure that they buy into what we're going to be doing. And uh, once we do that, it's uh, so time to sell tickets and time to sell sponsorships and do those types of things. And, you know, so it's pretty much an, about a 10- or 11-month proposition here. Gary, I appreciate you taking the time to come on here tonight. We'll see you this weekend at, at Darlington Raceway and Buffalo Bucks here after race weekend down there. I appreciate you having me on. Y'all travel safe. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Thanks, Kerry. We'll see you, brother. Kerry Tharp there, Stephen, uh, president of Daunton Raceway. Uh, like I said, he had a he had a prior engagement coming on. He was doing a show prior to ours, and he had a prior show. But, you know, we called him, we called him there. Su- Suzanne texted him, and he worked us in. So I want to thank Kerry Tharp for taking time to call in there. And he brings up a good deal, just like you and I talked. They're, they're, they start planning in October. After just a month after 
the Bojangles Southern fan. They playing all year, and like he mentioned, he's got one of the smallest staffs at a track, probably in NASCAR, and they do one hell of a job, Steve. No, I mean, they do, and I mean, it does take a lot of work for them to go out there and have to go to these teams, go to NASCAR, go to the sponsors, um, go to the drivers, go go to all the places that they need to go to, talk to the people that they need to talk to, and the time commitment that it takes to get from just the drawing board to race day is probably tenfold um, what some of these other tracks, because a lot of these tracks, um, I, I don't want to say that they're on autopilot because they're really not, but to the degree of what they do at some other tracks and how they plan is sometimes kind of autopilot. You do the same things year in, year out. You talk to the same people year in, year out. Um, you know, you, you don't try the travel is, you know, you're traveling to other tracks, but you're traveling for various different reasons. And, you know, you don't necessarily are going to Charlotte and sponsors and team owners and drivers and, you know, having individualized conversations about what are you going to do next year for this particular race. And there's just a lot of planning around it. And, I mean, with the small staff that they have there, um, you know, they've made the best out of it. But, I mean, they do have ISC behind them. And that is helping them out. Um, you know, it's just not the, you know, 11 or 12 people, whatever Carrie said that they had there on staff. Um, you know, there's a whole team behind them. But, you know, they, they're responsible for going out and making sure this thing works year in and year out. And the wheels stay greased. And the train keeps rolling down the track because, you know, the one, you, you, you can't let it fall off the track because you'll never get it back again, unfortunately. Exactly. And I hope, uh, you know, there's been a lot of talk on social media, you know, about people going to do this throwback deal with the trucks, throwback deal with Xfinity stuff, going to do this and that somewhere else. I don't think we need to mess with it, Steve. I think we need to leave the Bojangles Southern 500 there with Kerry Tharp and his bunch up there. The official throwback weekend, that's their only race they got, and we're going to leave it there. And, uh, again, I want to let everybody know the number to call in is 215-383-3681. I'm Tim Spain, alongside SpeedwayDigest.com, Stephen Wilson. Stephen, I heard you click in. You got something you want to chime in on, bro? Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with the fact of the, the throwback for the Cup Series and the Xfinity Series and keeping it there year in and year out. I know that we've tried to do some throwback stuff in, in, in the truck series, but they've tried to do it north of the border in Canada. And I really honestly, I just don't think that anybody cared about that. Um, there just was no legacy behind no. it. There was no history behind it. But I, I, I do think that there's a place for it in the truck series. And while the truck series is one of the newer series in 20, about 25 years or so in NASCAR, um, I do think that if they did something at Martinsville, I think it could be a success. I, I, I'm not saying you take what Darlington is doing and just rubber stamp it to Martinsville. I'm just saying with the truck series, I think that that would be a good place. It's the only track that's left on the track from the 1949 uh, schedule. Um, they run trucks there. So I think let Darlington do their thing on Labor Day weekend with the Cup guys and and the Xfinity Series guys and let them have their thing. But I think if we're going to try this in the truck series again, um, we need to do it at a place like Martinsville. And I think that you could get a lot of buy-in at a place like Martinsville just because of the legacy of the track. Uh, you don't necessarily need to stick with the truck series and say, hey, you know, you've got 25 years to work with. Um, you know, these guys can rewind it all the way back to you know, 1947 when this track was opened and look at, a, you know, uh, a 70, 70 plus years of history there. Um, and I think that, you know, something like that, albeit on a smaller scale, maybe not hype it as much as we do the Southern 500, let it have its own identity some way, somehow, but do it on a smaller scale. But if we are to try this again in the truck series, I think it would have to only be able to work at a place like Martinsville. Damn good idea, brother. I did not think about that. Yeah, 
and especially since uh, Clay Campbell and a bunch of put some, put some lights up there too. Uh, throw that damn night race in there with a truck, maybe a combo race there. That would be awesome too, bro. Yeah, and I'm excuse me. Yeah, I'm going to the night race next year in 2020 when they move this thing to a Saturday night. I'm excited for it. I'm excited for Martinsville. We've been saying for the last, what, two years or something that they, when they put the lights up, when are they going to put a cup race there? Well, now we know in 2020 there's going to be a cup race there on a Saturday night short track. And I think this is going to be spectacular when they do it in May of next year. Exactly. I'm going to have to send Clay Campbell uh, by request for media stickers and all that since I got Hawk up. <laughs> anyway, Stephen, let's take a break. I know, uh, you know, I want to thank Kerry Tharp there and everything, but let's let's go ahead and take a break. And uh, we'll, we'll whenever we come back, I know you didn't watch much of the uh, road course races this weekend there at Road, Amer- road America and Canadian Tire Motorsports Park, but I want to talk a little bit about that, play some audio and stuff, and we'll talk about some of the suspensions that nascar sent down this past week but um again the number calling is 215-383-3681 i'm tim spain alongside the speedway digest.com's mr steven whistle we're going to take a break we'll be right back live from talladega alabama
Arlington Raceway, tradition comes alive. And Earnhardt will win his second Southern 500. 70 years of racing at the track too tough to tame. His sixth victory at the Darlington Raceway in South Carolina, Jeff Gordon will win. Come celebrate the 90s with us at Darlington Raceway on Labor Day weekend. To purchase tickets, call 866-459-RACE or visit DarlingtonRaceway.com. South Carolina, just right. We're back live from Duggan Nation. I'm Penny Spain alongside of SpeedwayDigest.com's Mr. Stephen Wilson. Stephen, we had some uh, interesting stuff come out of NASCAR the past week since we talked last Tuesday evening. Tyler Dipple, uh, NASCAR got him on the substance abuse policy, and also Matt Borland, crew chief for Ty Dillon. Stephen, can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, that's breaking news. And I know you don't like my breaking news, but let me go ahead and play it. Just to make you mad. Stephen, seems like here lately the substance abuse policy has been a big deal there. Can you let our listeners know about uh, Tyler Dipple? And uh, I think, uh, from what I understand, too, he was stopped by a state trooper or something and got caught with a controlled substance. Stephen, am I right? Yeah, so... Excuse me. Um, there's a, the situation surrounding that is that he was racing at Orange County Speedway in New York. This past weekend, he was pulled over. He was arrested after a search of the vehicle that found there was... Um, um, an Adderall in a container within a backpack that was in the vehicle. Um, neither the person that it was prescribed to was in the vehicle at the time, and he was arrested and booked on a misdemeanor charge of uh, um, possession of uh, controlled substance. Um, NASCAR did suspend him on this. However, the, there is some more information coming out. Um, there have been a couple of sites that have identified uh, another individual has come forward stating that the bag and the prescription of Adderall that was in that vehicle, um, a letter has been submitted to the district attorney in that locality um, stating that they had placed the bag in his vehicle. He didn't have any knowledge of what was in it. Tyler Dipples didn't have knowledge of what was in the bag and that he is a prescription for um, that Adderall, um, this this third person um, that has uh, submitted to them. Um, we haven't heard, I haven't heard, um, this, just, this is just coming out today, by the way, so I haven't heard any, anything further right as of this time. Um, charges are still pending to be filed from my understanding of the fact that um, the, the district attorney will now have to uh, make a decision on the fact of uh, this new evidence, if they're going to uh, charge Tyler with this possession of a controlled substance or if this is something that um, they're going to let him off on. But, you know, this is all developing today. And uh, at this time, he is still suspended by NASCAR. Um, he did pass 
a random drug test at Bristol Motor Speedway. I'm sorry, uh, he was uh, he was tested at Bristol Motor Speedway. He passed that, um, and then he's also passed the third party apparent uh, from independent reporting um, with um, people of knowledge of what's going on that um, he did pass a a another um, uh, drug test following this incident. So. At this time, right now, if the charges are in lieu, but Tyler Biffle is suspended from NASCAR. And Stephen, what's the deal with Matt, with Matt Boylan there, crew chief for uh, Ty Dillon? You know anything on that, brother? So Matt Moreland, um has come out, and um, he he was he was tapped up his his own self. Um, he has been, he has come out and said um, in a statement along with um, Jermaine Racing that uh, the the reason why he has failed or they're citing a reason as to why he failed um, that a derivative of a banned substance uh, was in a product that he was using. Um, and that there is a possibility they're thinking that the derivative of the banned substance that are in the the, the product that he was using uh, legally um, is what caused him to fail. So um, that um, at this time is uh, you know still under review, and uh, I'm sure that he will most likely just like Tyler Dipple may, depending on the outcome of his. Uh, have to go through some kind of road to recovery program that'll be instituted by NASCAR. But again, if these if the charges uh, are dropped against Tyler Dupple, then you know he may be reinstated and may not have to further actions as well as uh, you know Matt Borland. I guess they're going to um, you know they're they're taking the situation and you know what happens next. I don't know if they're going to appeal whatever the case is, but. Uh, at, at this time, um, you know, he's he's unfortunately going to sit home. And there you have it, listeners, from the number one media guy there at NASCAR, my good friend Stephen Woods at SpeedwayDigest.com. Stephen, thank you very much for that information. I knew you'd be on top of it. That's why I asked you about it. And I know uh, <laughs> you didn't get you were you didn't really get to cover much of this past race weekend. Stephen, I'm looking out the window here. My trees are blowing over about 400 mile an hour. So if I drop, Stephen, uh, if you can, sort of jump in there and uh, help. But again, the number calling is 215-383-3681. If you have a, uh, you have a bitch or a gripe, that's what we're going to call this section, bitch and gripe section. If you want to talk to Stephen Wilson and I about everything going on in NASCAR, you can call us. You can call us. 215-383-3681. And Stephen, I want to go ahead and play, uh, the media center audio there, uh, NASCAR's finish series there, where Christopher Bell won that race there at Road America. And Matt DiBenedetto, had, you know, just to let everybody know, Matt DiBenedetto, Matt DiBenedetto had drove the 18 car there for Joe Gibbs Racing. Give it a hell of a run, but he ran off course there lately, and I know you didn't watch it. But I want to play this audio there, and uh, we'll take a quick break and listen to that. And, uh, Stephen, I'll get your take on this whenever we come back. Again, I'll... Tim Spain on speedway.com. Mr. Stephen Wilson. Hi, everyone. We are now joined by Christopher Bell, driver of the number 20 Rude Toyota Supra, and his crew chief, Jason Rackliff. Up for questions. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Not everybody at once. Okay. Not really. It's it's not my favorite style of racing just because you you just uh I just had a really, really bad experience last year. Two in races in a row where we were pretty fast and uh got wrecked twice and that ruined our ruined our regular season championship hopes. So that was pretty frustrating and um but we we as in the team, Jason and everyone at Joe Gibbs Racing did a really really, really good job this year preparing for the road courses. They uh put a lot of homework into it and we have really good race cars right now. Next question. <laughs> At the, uh, um, the end, uh, just the last couple laps after the restart, and you got two to go, things get crazy here. What was your plan on to work out? 
Yeah, it's uh, honestly, in my head anyway, it was a little bit easier on a green-white checker than it is whenever you're leading with 10 or 12 to go just because, you know, it's like, man, that's a lot of corners to make a mistake, and you just got to go out there and plug away. So uh, when the yellow came out, the timing of the yellow was um, disappointing for me because I had just gapped Almondinger a little bit, so I didn't want to see a yellow. But uh, at the same hand, you know, the yellow just means less laps that I have a chance to make a mistake. So uh, I was I was okay with it um, after it after it worked out. But you just never know how restarts are going to work out if a guy's going to um, force it three wide. So the uh, the last couple laps were honestly two of the easiest laps I had, just because I had space and and I could I could kind of take it easy. Yeah, it was, it was really smooth sailing. Um, it was a lot harder whenever Almondinger was right behind me because I knew if I uh, I knew if I was just too easy one corner, he was gonna make me pay for it. So that's probably the hardest thing about road course racing is whenever you go oval racing and you're leading, it's it's just about not making mistakes. And if you uh, don't make mistakes, it's it, you know it's pretty easy to to capitalize on being the leader. But whenever you go road course racing. Same deal. You can't make mistakes, but uh, you you can't take it easy either because the the braking zones are so there's so much time to be made there. So uh, there were a couple times where I just I didn't get in very deep trying to not make a mistake, and then all of a sudden he comes from 10 car lengths back and gets right on my bumpers. So I knew that I uh, I had to run hard and and run perfect. I didn't. I was I was really surprised he made it that far. Um, it's just so hard to pass when everybody gets punched up. If they're single file, uh, you know, and he's really good at this, um, and I knew the tires would be beneficial. But to make it as far as he did, I was I was surprised. Hats off to him. I, I mean, we because we had clean racetrack. I knew Christopher would be able to stretch it a little bit, even though he was on the old tires. Um, but new tires are definitely worth something. We saw that. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think it says a lot. I think Austin is, um, as far as a, a series regular, um, I mean, he's he's probably one of the most experienced, or is the most experienced road course racer in the series. Um, so Christopher's definitely, you know, making some ground up. He did a nice job last year of um, improving every time we went to the road course and. I think we've seen so far this year that um, you know he's right there with him, and then today to uh, to pull it off and finally finally get a victory. It's you know that's a goal that we came into the season. We we set some goals, and one of them was hey let's win a road course race. We feel like we've made enough progress last season in our cars and um, in his ability to uh, you know run these road courses, and so to see that to see that play out today was very rewarding. Uh, just because we hadn't done it yet, you know, um, and I thought that last year we made uh, – we put a lot of effort into it, you know, um, not just, you know, on the team side, but he, uh, you know, driving the TA2 cars and, uh, you know, really focusing on, hey, what do I need to do to be better at these road course uh, and, and talking to a lot of road course um, specialists and, hey, where do I need to improve that and, He's taken it and applied it to the racetrack, and, you know, we saw that today. I think we're in good shape. It's disappointing that we're not closer in the regular season playoffs or the regular season championship. Uh, that's kind of disheartening. And uh, I think today even we got stretched a little bit. So, um who cares? Whenever the, point, whenever the points reset, we're going to be the leader. <laughs> yeah. How many more wins are you capable of? Ten. How many races we got left? <laughs> huh? Thirteen? Thirteen races left? No speedways? Ten. Bruce, can you talk about kind of your own development and what kind of work you have put into your own work in road course racing? Yeah, so hang on. I, I, I kind of said ten jokingly, but um, – I think we are capable of winning. Ten races left. Ten races left. So I, I think we're capable of winning every time we go to the racetrack. That's what I'm trying to say. 
uh, and then there's no speedway races in there. So I think we can win every time we go to the racetrack. Obviously, that's unrealistic. So, uh, you know, we don't we don't have a number in mind. It's not like me and Jason sat down at the beginning of the year and said we have to win X races or it's a failure. So, uh, you know, we're all, all all our goal is to to win races. And and like he said, we did have a goal to win a road course race. So um, I think we can win every time we go to the racetrack. And, uh, you know, if, if we don't win anymore, I'm going to be extremely disappointed. Um, but I, you know, I understand that we're not going to win all of them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's, it's pretty cool to see how it's come. And then, yeah, so what, what kind of work have you put into uh, your road course uh, development? And just, uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't know. Whenever I was, whenever I was, uh, you know, racing sprint cars full time, I was a really good short track racer. And whenever it came to the half miles, I really struggled at it. And then, uh, just after time and time of doing it again and, and focusing on that area to get better. And, and then next thing you know, I became a pretty good half mile racer. So, uh, same thing with the road courses. We, we weren't very good, but I, I didn't have a lot of experience at it. So, uh, it was one of those things where, you know, we know, okay, you know, the Richmond, the Bristol's, the Phoenix, it, it, not that we don't want to improve on it, but I don't need to be studying film of those, you know, months in advance. And I don't need to be running a, uh, Trans Am car around those racetracks. So I think the, probably the, the biggest thing is running the, the Trans Am car on the week of the race, just using that to prepare and getting extra track time and, uh, just getting experience because that's, that's what I really lacked. No. Christopher, uh, now that there's a road course, pseudo road course in the playoffs, your performance in these three so far this season, I think it'll give you a little extra confidence so when it comes time to go to road Yeah, absolutely. I still really, really want to win Richmond like we did last year because that was pretty nice going into the Roval stress-free. Then I ended up crashing in practice, so that, that made it really, really nice that I already had a win. So. Uh, I, I think winning early in the in the rounds just makes it more beneficial because you can Jason's able to do aggressive pit strategy like we did today and give up all of our stage points to to better our chances at winning the race. Uh, so I, I think we're winning here definitely gives me confidence going in there. But at the same time, we were really really good at the Roval last year. We just uh, it it just didn't work out. But um, I'm excited for the Roval. It was a really fun race and uh, hopefully. Hopefully, it's another good race. Christopher, as people try to... Steve, that was Christopher Bale and uh, Jason Ratcliffe there in the main center after they won the NASCAR Xfinity Series right there at Road America. Uh, uh, we're going to... Steve, let's go ahead and talk about this weekend at Darlington. I don't want to, you know, really throw back to last weekend because we've all thrown our... our uh, our media stuff out. But, Stephen, we're going to Dollar Raceway for the uh, Bojangles Southern 500. Do you have the schedule for the weekend? Yeah, I've got it. Um, so, uh, so uh, I'll eventually get this right at some point while reading the schedule. NASCAR Xfinity Series uh, qualifying 1235 on Saturday afternoon. Uh, single vehicle, single lap for them. Uh, Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series qualifying to, to follow at 2.35. Then at 4 o'clock, the uh, Sports Clips VFW 200 uh, from Darlington Raceway. Uh, two, 147 laps, 200.08 miles for them. Uh, and then don't forget on Saturday night, about an hour after the race concludes at Darlington Raceway, the uh, Southern 500 Parade uh, will come through town and uh, end just shy of the track. So that if if you're looking for something to do after the race, be sure to um, look that up, Darlington Raceway, um, Holler Parade, and all the good stuff going on there. Uh, then on uh, Sunday... Sunday afternoon, uh, 6 p.m., well, Sunday evening, 6 p.m., Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series racing from Darlington Raceway, the 70th running of the Southern 500. 367 laps, 501.3 miles will make the distance uh, on Sunday afternoon for the 70th um, 
uh, Southern 500. NBC will actually have the, this will be carried on NBC. Um, for the Southern 500, NBC SN will carry your Xfinity Series racing on Saturday afternoon. And Stephen, you and AM, y'all, y'all are making a trek up there Friday. Friday. Uh, I know Suzanne and I, we're going to make a trek up there to Darlington probably Friday morning around 9 a.m. And you can follow me on uh, the Pit Stop Radio with Timothy Payne, Stephen Wilson, uh, Titty Lyman on Twitter, the Pit Stop Radio on Twitter. And Stephen, what time are you and AM trekking that way? Because I know we've got to get our hotel, brother. Oh, sometime in the afternoon. I don't know. Uh, we'll give you more clearer picture once we get to uh, get, get to Friday. Maybe even Thursday when they have a clearer picture. Sounds good, brother. And again, listeners, I want to thank you for taking time out to listen to us. Uh, Stephen Wilson, SpeedwayDigest.com, myself, Tim Despain, PitchStopRadio.net. I want to thank Stephen for uh, handling my website. Stephen, you do a great job there, brother. I want to appreciate uh, I very much appreciate that. And I want to thank Kerry Thorpe going to the raceway for taking his time out to come on our show tonight and uh we will be live again next tuesday evening from uh the man cave here in talladega and uh stephen wilson's man cave up there in uh richmond raceway again thank you very much for tuning in and uh we will talk to you next tuesday evening and stephen again thank you very much tell am and the boys we said hello and we'll see y'all friday evening in Darlington. good night from talladega alabama This truck needs a half tank. These wheels need a two lane. This radio needs three songs to play to get me across town to you. That dress needs to slip off. That hair needs to come down. Friday nights need to do what Friday nights need to do. That's the truth. Yeah, birds need bees and ice needs whiskey. Boys like me need girls like you to kiss me. Fishing in the dark needs nitty gritty. Under that pale moon, sweet tea needs that sugar stirring. Small town nights need both fence burning. Shades need drawing. Hearts need falling. Boots need knocking. Knocking boots. Knocking boots. Me and you. Oh. Long weeks need a weekend. Cheap drinks need a sling in. That dance floor needs some me on you. And you want me tonight. Boots need knocking and birds need bees and I need whiskey. Boys like me need girls like you to kiss me. Fishing in the dark means nitty gritty. Under that pale moon, the sweet tea needs that sugar stirring. Small town nights need both ends burning. Shades need drawing, hearts need falling, boots need knocking. Knocking boots. Knocking boots. Me and you. Oh.
At Darlington Raceway, tradition comes alive. And Earnhardt will win his second Southern 500. 70 years of racing at the track too tough to tame. His sixth victory at the Darlington Raceway in South Carolina, Jeff Gordon will win. Come celebrate the 90s with us at Darlington Raceway on Labor Day weekend. To purchase tickets, call 866-459-RACE or visit DarlingtonRaceway.com. Yeah, baby, South Carolina, just right. 